Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Here we are on Wednesday, May 29th. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. One word to describe Tuesday's baseball action. I am going to say boring. How about you guys? Diet rich. That's not a word, and if it were, it would be two words. Diet rich. I also don't think, like, I I almost wrote the waiver wire column this morning before the show. I wrote uh, lots of it, and I think there are many things that we need to talk about in terms of winners, losers, players to add. Derek Dietrich hit three home runs, yeah. and now I'm going to say, like, I might follow up my worst fantasy advice ever with more bad fantasy advice, so this is going to be a great show. What was? The, what are you following up on that was so bad? My worst fantasy advice ever, in my opinion, was 2017, the day after Scrooter Jeanette hit, hit, had his four homer night. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I do. Um, had, coming into that game, he was not playing every day. He was he had a 758 OPS. He hit four homers in one night. And I wrote something to the effect of, "There's you should not pick him up. You don't get any points for what he did yesterday because he wasn't on your team. He's not going to be an everyday player. If you're in a 16-team league where you need a middle infielder, then maybe it's okay. <laughs> For the rest of the year, he hit 20 home runs, had an 860 OPS, and turned into an all-star. Tough look for my guy Heath. It was it was a bad bad advice. Yeah, yeah. it was tough look. Hey, there are definitely I, some I trust the process. All right, all right. So so I want to start. Wait, did you give a a word to describe yesterday's action, Heath? You have to. No, I don't. Okay, fine. Diet rich. Boring. So we will start with Derek Dietrich. We will also talk about Zach Plezak, Devin Smeltzer, Lucas Sims, Nick Pavetta. Names that, you know, you might not know except for Nick Pavetta. Um, We have to talk about one of the funniest first pitches in baseball history, ceremonial first pitches. (laughs) It was amazing. That was amazing. That was the best part of. Have you not seen this, Heath? I have not. It's incredible. Yeah, just go, go I think ahead, it's the best one I've ever seen. I'm just glad Adam's never seen my first pitch. 50 set to me will always be the best, but this one's up there. What happened? Okay, you're all right. You know what? No, wait. No, 50, wait. 50 cent did it again? No, no, no. no. no We're just no, talking no. about a first pitch from four years ago. It was like eight years. Ago. I'm okay. saying that was the only one that might be better than than yesterday's. Okay, so we okay. got to start with uh, with Derek Dietrich. So I got some emails to start the show. Talk a little strategy today. We have some strategy questions. We haven't uh, really done that much lately. But first email is from Joe Swisher. Do you consider Derek Dietrich a must-own at this point? I picked him up when Altuve hit the IL. Um, eligible at three different positions, though. I can't find a reason not to find a spot for Derek Dietrich, who, by the way, is only 60% owned somewhere on my roster. What do you think? The part of the waiver wire column I have already written does talk about Derek Dietrich. And my take on this basically is he is appropriately owned. He should be owned in any league where you need a middle infielder. He should be owned in any league where you need five outfielders. He should be owned in any league that's deeper than 12 teams. But I, I still don't think over the course of the rest of the season, he will be someone that you will use in a 12-team points league um, that just has regular position requirements. It's kind of like the, I'm going to coin it, the Moreland paradox, where he looks really, really good because he doesn't face lefties, but that also limits his value because he's not getting those everyday plate appearances. The Moreland paradox, as we've so, all long I, I, right? I think we're going to cite the Moreland paradox moving forward. The Moreland good. Well, there's a few other things, though. So so comparing him to Scooter Jeanette after the four-homer game, uh, Dietrich is he, probably not going to play every day. He has 10 at-bats all year against lefties. So, he, he, and to, In fairness, he has been much, much better so far this year yeah. than Scooter Jeanette had been when he had his four-homer night. But I think even, he'd probably been better for their careers, too. Even after the three-homer night, um, which obviously was worth a lot of points, I think he's the number 13 second baseman in points for the le- for the year. Mm-hmm. He's like the number 36 outfielder. So he's right on the precipice of being someone you would start after 
most likely the hottest stretch of his season. Yeah, and he's sixth in Roto. So I have him at 12th in points. Maybe he's 13th. It's sixth in Roto at second base. Uh, Okay, so one other thing, though. If you look at Derek Dietrich and his road OPS in his final four seasons with Miami, it's pretty good. It's 860, 811, 811, and 859. So, you know, obviously the ballpark helps. He's been good both on the road and at home this year. He's been done it all against righties. So I was surprised. Like I'm in a, a fab league, weekly fab league, but it runs Tuesday nights, Tuesday and Wednesday. And he went for like two dollars out of two hundred and fifty dollars yesterday. So nobody really wanted him. Now in that league, he's only outfield eligible, but still, nobody really bought into it. He's still only sixty percent owned, and it's just the fact that he's a part-time player really has to weigh on you there. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I, I guess what what I would say is you should not ignore him. And if you have an opening at one of these positions, he would be a good person that could fill in. I'm not saying he's bad. I don't think he's must-have. I'd love to see him actually play against lefties more because he's had like a 700 OPS against them in his career, and that, that'd that be fine if he can It's better than Jose Peraza right. against anybody. Probably. Uh, Dietrich's defense is pretty bad, or at least it has been in the past. Okay, so that's Derek Dietrich. I'm trying to think of see if some guys that maybe we would drop for Derek Dietrich. Would you drop Ozzy Albies for Derek Dietrich? No. Nope. Would you drop uh, Jose Martinez for Derek Dietrich? Sure. Yeah, because he's not necessarily an everyday guy either. All right, let's go to our next email. Speaking of Ozzy Albies, this is from Sean. Would you drop Ozzy Albies, Ozzy Albies for Michael Chavis? Who, by the way, Michael Chavis has been struggling a little bit in his last 20 games. 7-11 OPS in 19 games before yesterday. Didn't have the updated stats. 27 strikeouts in those 19 games. Would you drop Albies for Chavis? No. No. You probably have someone with less potential at a worse, at a an easier position to fill than Ozzy Albies. I think that's true, too. But I, I would like to add Chavis still. So find somebody worse than Ozzy Albies. This is from Scott in Birmingham. The strategy question. Dear Hanser, Pedro, and Stevie. Those are closers. Uh, Are they? Who? Are you sure? No. (laughs) (laughs) How do you value breakout starting pitchers in head-to-head leagues when it all comes down to the playoffs and your Woodruff, Stallions, etc. of the world will probably be on an innings limit? Why is there not more talk about packaging those players early for a veteran who can carry you through the finish line? I think that's a good plan. Um, I think you'd be real careful with the innings limits because we don't really know, and a lot of times those things work themselves out with a 10-day stay on the disabled li- injured list. Um, but I, you know, I don't think that's ever a bad idea to package surprisingly good players early in the season for established veterans. So is you, Brandon Woodruff? It's one of the guys he mentions here. I, I'm not sure he's going to be on an innings limit. Like I know he didn't pitch a lot of innings last year, but that was because he was pitching out of the bullpen primarily. I don't know if that's as much a he can't do it as he just didn't do it. He did throw 158 innings in 2016. Yeah. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it. It's kind of and a, 120 in 2017. Right. It's kind of a similar situation to Soroka, who threw 25 last year, I think, but did have 150 in the minors at one point. We just don't. I think team there are teams that have different opinions on whether it's the increase over last year or the increase over your career high. So would you trade, let's say, Chris Paddock, who we know is going to have some limitations, for Madison Bumgarner? Yeah. I think I would. I think we've seen enough from Bumgarner this season. I am less convinced on Bumgarner so far. Not. I don't think he's going to be as good as Chris Paddock on a perning basis. Right. This would depend more on it. It may have to be a points league first. And it would depend more for me on where I currently was. If I'm sitting around 500, I might feel like I need Chris Paddock to get to the playoffs. And, yeah, that's that's another good point. Uh, it's, it's hard to know when to do these types of trades. Also, with Bumgarner, just keep in mind with Bumgarner, he might get traded and leave one of the best parks in baseball. Our next email is from Grant. Uh, yes. Wait, by the way, it was pretty obvious who that those names were. They are starting players for... The Baltimore Orioles. 
Oh. Pedro Severino, Hanser Alberto, and uh, Stevie Wilkerson. You, Everyday player. You told me I didn't that know Wilkerson was a Stevie. I thought he was just a Steve. I think yeah, he's I a Stevie. couldn't even get it after you told me what they were. All right, this is from uh, Grant. <laughs> hey, Barry, Gene, Hank, and Sally. The Bee Gees. It might be Barry. I don't know. What is that? Come on, figure it out. I play in a daily 12 team head to head categories league, 8 by 8. I'm wondering if you guys are able to help some of us daily players make some fringy slash uh, utility start-sit decisions a couple times a week. For example, a couple weeks ago, I was struggling to pick up. Uh, I was struggling to pick between two players to start in my utility. My options were Senzel, uh, Winker, Framil Reyes, Yandy Diaz. I guess he had to start two of them. I also had uh, Cindergard pitching against San Diego, so I sat Framil Reyes. He double dong that night. Help me to help you. So I guess the question is, when you're making lineup decisions in daily leagues, do you care about pitcher versus hitter if you've got both of them, if you've got the pitcher and the hitter? I think it depends on the hitter and the pitcher. I would not have started Fran Mill against Torres. Yeah, I I agree. that was the right decision. I do too. Uh, He also tries to help us out. P.S. I I looked it up. Worcestershire. Yeah. It's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. He says, "Don't exactly what it looks like. I don't know how you guys got that wrong." <laughs> and then we have a guy, Andrew, because the city in England is Worcester, right? Worcester is yeah, what it looks. You just got to sound it out. Yeah, I don't think it's Shire. I, see, Andrew in London tells us that it's Worcestershire. 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 Yeah, Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I think it's Shire. definitely sure. Worcestershire. Okay, Bryce. I actually I watched a video breaking down. It was a three minute video breaking down how to pronounce it yesterday. So I'm very confident. The city or the sauce? Yes, we got both. What is it then? It was deeply informative. Official pronunciation is what? I Worcestershire. Which one? Worcestershire. Okay. Okay. Just making. Are we talking about the sauce or the city? They're not the, the same. The sauce, Heath. The oh, city doesn't have that's a shirt not what at you the were end. Trying to say, is it? You were saying yes, Worcestershire. We're talking, no, we're talking about the sauce. Worcestershire is what the sauce is called. You just said, you just said Shire. Is it Shire or Shire? <laughs> okay, I mispronounced Worcestershire. Whatever, Thank it's you. fine. <laughs> Three minute video for this. All right, Bryce. Thank you for doing so much research. Bryce in Lexington, South Carolina. Where would Dallas Keuchel fall in the rankings if he signed next week after the draft? Fifty-five. Fifty-two. <laughs> okay. Just outside the top 50. <laughs> well, there were some interesting pitching performances yesterday. Who do we want to add? We had a few players making their major league debuts. We had Zach Plezak for uh, Cleveland. Five and a third innings of one run ball at Boston. Only two strikeouts. Boston does not strike out much. And he was at a strikeout per inning right about that in the minors this year but not quite that before this year, Zach Plezak. Minnesota starting pitcher Devin Smeltzer had a great start against Milwaukee. Six innings, three hits, seven strikeouts, no runs, no walks, um, and was great in the minors this year, struggled before this season. Cincinnati starting pitcher Lucas Sims, seven and a third, four runs, nine strikeouts. I don't don't know if any of these guys are making another start, but Sims seems like the least likely uh, because they had a doubleheader. But, boy, Di Sclafani's been so bad. Uh, and Nick Pavetta is – he's got to be number one. I would, Well, I don't know. I would think he's number one. 46% owned. The other ones are 10% or less. Pavetta, uh, I picked him up. It wasn't the best start. He gave up three runs in the first inning. Then he threw four scoreless after that. Six strikeouts. Pavetta start. It was very, very Nick Pavetta. There was just enough to make you think, ooh, this is kind of encouraging, and it was also bad. And he got <laughs> rocked for two home runs in the first inning. Yeah, so I picked him up. I dropped Adam Eaton. He's still worth picking up. What about the other guys? The only other one that I'm really interested in, in, just because of all the injuries they have for now, I think Plesak could stick for a little bit longer. Um, And he has been... He hasn't been a great strikeout pitcher, but he hasn't been a terrible strikeout pitcher, and he's been good at virtually everything else in the minor leagues so far. So he would be the one I would be second most interested in. Smeltzer has a fantastic story. If you just want to Google his name, he's a cancer survivor and inspirational. I don't think he's going to stick in the majors, and I'm not sure he'd be good even if he did. And then I think Sims was just up for the doubleheader, right? I believe so. Yeah, they, their doubleheader, I believe, was, was actually Monday, but they needed an extra starter. So, yes, however, like I said, I mean, 
they I think they could probably make an excuse if they want to get Sims in the Cincinnati rotation with DiScafani, but well, yes, every single one of these teams, if they wanted to, could find a spot for any of these guys. It's just a question of whether they will. Well, Smelter um, is replaced Pineda, so mm-hmm. right, yeah, like, who went on the he's on the aisle with a knee injury, right? but he's yeah. just it was a short term thing, right? Yeah, supposedly, yes. All right, so what? Okay, so how eager are you to pick up Nick Pavetta? Like, who's a better ad right now, Nick Pavetta or Derek Dietrich? I'm much more comfortable starting Derek Dietrich right now than Nick Pavetta. I think it's and Pavetta's 46 percent owned, which seems about right to me, but it's a totally different thing. If I'm gonna like in the leagues where Dietrich is currently available, which I assume are mostly the 10, 12 team points leagues. I'd be more likely to add Pavetta because I think there's at least a possibility he has a significant in- impact in that format. And that's why I added him. You know, I, I was. This is a roto league I'm in where I, only one team wins. You don't make the playoffs. You just have to win it. And I need a miracle. So, Nick Pavetta. Yeah, I mean Pavetta is the kind miracle. of guy who can pres- presumably, maybe at some point, have that kind of run. It's you know, for him, it's it's not a question of stuff. It's a question of pitch mix and mindset and. He's another guy like Shane Bieber like we talked about before the season that could probably stand to throw a bit more pitches out of the zone, especially when he falls behind. He falls behind, and he just starts pumping fastballs, and it makes him really easy to hit. You've got to be willing to let a guy go. He might just be Ricky Nolasco. Yeah, uh-huh. well, ho- hopefully not. Uh, I'm looking at four pitchers who are on the most dropped list that are owned in a similar amount of leagues to Pavetta, and I would drop all four of them. You guys can tell me if you disagree. Michael Waka, Corbin Martin, not Caleb Martin, Corbin Martin, who had another bad start yesterday for Houston. Jared Eikhoff, Kyle Freeland, uh, easy calls. Yeah, I think those me. are all pretty easy calls. The only one I'm not sure about is Eikhoff. I think he's in kind of a similar boat to Pavetta. He's maybe more likely to be good, less likely to be great. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Heath, while we take this quick break, please look at the first pitch from the White Sox game last night. And we'll be right back on Fantasy Baseball today. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Time for Tuesday standouts. Heath, what did you think of that first pitch? <laughs> um, I actually, that's not... There's similarities between that and my first pitch, except the cameraman was behind the catcher. Um, but yeah, that that's a really bad pitch. Did you did you hit the can the cameraman in the face? Uh, not in the face. No. In fact, I don't know for sure. I was um, in a bad state of mind at that moment, <laughs> and <laughs> I have the video still. Oh well, oh. we gotta get that. And he, yes. can you please? The video that? ends with it's on it's on VHS, so probably not. I know we will bring <laughs> it in. I will buy the the converter, and we're getting this. The video ends with him diving out of the way <laughs> of the first pitch. Yeah, there was one like that with the Red Sox a couple of years ago. I'm watching an hour. The kid throws, miss. I, he was a high school pitcher, so he almost certainly did this on purpose. I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch anyone's name, but. He misses by such a wide margin yeah. and hits the cameraman 12 feet behind the plate uh, in a bad place. You know, maybe maybe he had a catcher that was afraid of getting hit in the knees because they didn't have any protective gear on. And so they asked him to throw it high <laughs> so that it wouldn't hit them in the knees. I and mean, the pitcher threw it high and they just didn't stand up and they just sat there and froze and it went over their head and made the pitcher look stupid. If, Not that I know if, anybody that happened to. If Giannis Antetokounmpo was standing in the batter's box, this would have gone over his head. 
so okay, so it wasn't quite like that. What what was your story? Like, when did you throw out a first pitch? Oh, it was uh, probably twenty years ago now. Where uh, it was a com- company event, Royal Stadium. Okay, and uh, I won a drawing to throw out the first pitch. I mean, we worked for a very large company. We had like a thousand people there. Uh, my grandparents came. My parents were there. Everyone's there to watch. But we had a tent with um, free unlimited. Like it wasn't like drink tickets. It was just open bar for an hour before the game. Um, I first got yelled at by an employee of the Royals for trying to take my drink on the field as I threw the first pitch. Not okay, apparently. And then I'd made this deal with this um, nice catcher who was afraid she was going to get her uh, knees scuffed up, and she didn't move. I threw the ball about five feet high. She stayed in the crouch the entire time. Almost killed the cameraman. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Did you throw from the mound? Yeah, of course. It's wow. really, it's really. I think. That is great. <laughs> I think. So yeah, please bring in the the VHS. I, the funniest part of I the whole thing was in. not the pitch. I got up on the mound and saw the cameraman, and turned around and saw myself on the jumbotron, <laughs> and waved at the jumbotron <laughs> instead of the camera. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is why we have oh. Cheers Health, everybody. Go to cheershealth.com. What's our promo code there? FBT, I believe. Fantastic. All right. Uh, did you guys want to talk about any other actual standouts from, yes. from Tuesday's games? Who you got? Very much so. What do you got? Heath, do you buy in now? Lucas Giolito? Uh, he was very, very good. He was in the winners in the column today. Yeah. 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 He had 26 swinging strikes yesterday, 14 with his four seam fastball. Uh, he was averaging 95 miles per hour with his fastball, which is where he was supposed to be when he was this big-time prospect. I, I'm i pretty much all in on, uh, on Giolito. I am going to move him into my top 40 starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. And that's what not I mean. getting my top 30. That's what I mean, yeah. Okay. I think he's top 40 is must-own, not quite must-start, but you're at this point, I don't see how you can bench Giolito unless he's got... The Orioles are Red Sox. By the or, way, uh, Astros are Red Sox. Cheers, yeah, right. Cheershealth.com. The promo code is strike, by the way, for 10% off and a free gift. Cheershealth.com. Promo code strike, not FBT. Yeah, Giolito, by the way, so he gives up a, a home run, a three run homer in the first inning to Alex Gordon, who we're going to talk about in a bit. Do you know why he gave up a three run homer? He was preparing for a 7 10 start, and the game actually started at 640. So his pregame routine was messed up. Uh, and he got off to a slow start, but then he went seven more innings and didn't give up a run. I don't think his pregame routine was probably messed up because they knew before the first game started that they were going to start one hour or 45 minutes after the first game ended. No, he didn't so know. He, knew. he screwed up. Yeah, he did. He they screwed announced up. It. It, it, was on, it was on Twitter. I mean, I'm assuming Adam during the afternoon. Like some kind of reason to say that. It, it's the, read the game recap. It's the first half of the story is all about how he thought the game was at 710. It was at 640. It originally was scheduled for 710, but then they announced during the yesterday well, afternoon, at like 3 in the afternoon, that we're going to start an he, hour after this game ends. That's what he said. And you don't see how he could have been confused by that? How? When do you? It think? doesn't matter whether he should or should not have been. Confused. He should have known. He was. He, but yes, to right. actually talk about you know fantasy baseball, uh, since that first uh, Royal start when he hurt his hamstring but was looking really good, if you include that start, forty-four innings over seven uh, starts, which is over six innings per start, and would be even higher if we didn't include the two and two-thirds from that start. 51 strikeouts in 44 innings, 1.64 ERA, 11 walks. He's been outstanding. Max Fried, Mike Soroka, Lucas Giolito. Rank them. Soroka, Giolito, Fried. Giolito, Soroka, Fried. Okay, Max Fried, not such a good start yesterday. We'll talk about that. He he only gave up one run through five. It was terrible in the six, but he was really pretty lucky before that. He picked off two runners, gave up a ton of hits. Um, all right, Heath, do you have any standouts or do you want to keep on moving? Um, no, I'm good. I'm reading the uh, recap. Okay, what a ridiculous argument we just had there. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, it's supposed to be Worryometer Wednesday, but I only had two guys to be worried about. So I actually went to Twitter and said, who are you worried about? And we'll get some Worryometer Wednesday from the listeners. Let me do some news and notes for you here. Odubel Herrera is on administrative leave 
for violating the domestic violence policy. Uh, we don't know the details. It seems just based on the report, it seems more uh, like more serious, I guess I would say, than the Julio Arias thing, which which was very quick. But it's I could, think it seems more confirmable. Right, that, I don't know if it's word. more that's serious a, or less the, serious in terms of the infraction, but it was it's easier to confirm. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I think like the thing I took away from this is Scott Kingery is thirty two percent owned. Yeah, I he think he needs to be owned just about everywhere. I think there's a decent chance Herrera's gone for a while, and Scott Kingery has started to show some of the skills that made him so interesting last spring. Still a little bit too much swing and miss in his game, but this is uh, you know, a guy who can play center field, not super well from what I can tell, but competently enough, but has power and speed. Um, probably not as much batting average as we had hoped, given that he was a pretty decent contact hitter in the minors, but he's someone that should be owned. I would say maybe not quite as much as Derek Dietrich, but there's a decent chance we're looking in a month and saying Kingery is a better fantasy op. And I just want to confirm that I have read the uh, the recap, mm-hmm. and Adam and I were both right. His catcher knew what time the game started. Then you weren't right. Yeah, you were wrong. No, he should have known what no, time it was. Adam it said he didn't know. It <laughs> well, doesn't matter if he should, he should have. have. That wasn't. This is just another mark against him. That wasn't. Pay attention <laughs> to what time your game starts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Soroka's ahead of Giolito. He would never make that mistake. Joey Gallo left with a sore wrist. Jose Altuve has leg fatigue. He's on a rehab assignment, and he's got leg fatigue. And not in the not in the leg that put him on the DIL in the first place. It's the leg that he had surgery on last year. Yep. So this could be a big deal for Altuve. And we don't know the situation with Carlos Correa, but his ribs are being evaluated. He has rib soreness. So it could be a, a rough day for the Astros, who will just keep on winning and crushing people. Jordan Lyles left with hamstring discomfort. Uh, boy, they've had a lot of injuries in their rotation. The White, I, I keep seeing some buzz on Dylan Cease. You think the White Sox are calling him up anytime soon? I believe the last thing I saw was they are going to consider it after the All-Star break. Okay. Uh, Byron Buxton day-to-day with a bruised knee. Chris Bryant could return today. Mitch Keller back to AAA for Pittsburgh. Joey Votto sat with hamstring tightness. He was available to pinch hit. Uh, Pineda's on the IL. Should be short-term. J.P. Crawford left with a an ankle injury. It could be a bad one. Avi Garcia, in case you're wondering, he had a home run yesterday. It was a 287-foot home run inside the park, a high pop-up into the shallow right field, and the right fielder lost it in the stupid dome in Tampa Bay because it's got the baseball color dome, and it dropped for a hit and a home run. Uh, Joe Madden said he is preparing to not have Ben Zobris basically all season. He doesn't know how long Zobris will be out, but there's a possibility it's going to be all year. So you've got Addison Russell, who looks like he's going to play a lot, and he's actually off to a great start. How would you compare Addison Russell to Scott Kingery? I'd rather have Kingery, but I do think Russell, like Russell's only 10% owned. That's way too low. He should probably be closer to 30 or 40%. But he's not good, though. Like he's, he's, This is his first year of being good. And it's 10 games. 13 games, something like that. So, yeah, he, he has a pretty long track record of just being a guy. So I think even in the best-case scenario, he's like the 18th best short. Uh, Tim, um, yeah, but he's second base eligible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Tim Anderson Fair. pinch ran, uh, so he could be back soon, hopefully. Didi Gregorius is, like, pretty close to coming back, and he's only 71% owned. Uh, Gregorius batted 268 last year, which was a little low for him, but he had 27 home runs, 86 RBIs, 89 runs, and only 134 games. So I don't know how Didi Gregorius is. Oh, no. Actually, I could see a 12 team points league, Didi not being owned. Yeah, I think like that's pretty high for a guy that has not played all season and is still a little ways away. But he should be back within a week or two. Yeah. And he had 248 last year, right? No, I. Did he? I had him at 268, but yes. it could be a typo. 248? Yes. You sure of this but time? he should have hit 268. <laughs> yeah. And that's not, that's, that's, from what I can tell, that's not, never mind. I was looking at the wrong page. <laughs> the reason I was looking at the wrong page. Unbelievable. <laughs> the reason I was looking at the wrong page is just a little bit of a warning to the DD, the guy that's holding on to him. 
You may not want to put him in the starting lineup immediately. We've seen Aaron Hicks really struggle. That's he true. hit 248 last year. Ah. Really struggle coming out of the gates. Okay. Spencer Turnbull's on the bereavement list. Anibal Sanchez is going to start today for Washington. Steven Piscotty is a 24-game on base streak. I feel like he hasn't really done that much. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but Piscotty's been on base 24 straight games. The Marlins hit two three-run homers yesterday. The first two three-run homers of the season for the Marlins. I'm not sure if they have I a triple yet. think might be yet. bearing the lead. What's that? I think they hit a triple last night. Oh, too. I was about to say, did they hit a triple? Wow. I Big night. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> still no, still, they no still triples? Have a triple. That's still incredible. No <laughs> it was almost as good as me. If you don't oh, said even close. they hit a triple not last night. Not even close, because I said I think. Someone... Uh, you should have left I think off. No, not even close. <laughs> oh, You've done man. it twice now. And Tampa Bay drew its smallest crowd for a home game ever at Tropicana Stadium with 5,000. Now, that's the most impressive thing I've heard. To have a smaller crowd than they've typically had at Tropicana, that's amazing. They didn't get 6,000 people last night. That's crazy. All right, Worryometer. Those 6,000 Tampa Bay fans got to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. have, I I believe, an O for yesterday. So the only two players that I have from yesterday on the Worryometer are... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and John Lester. We'll go to Twitter to see who the Twitter the Twitter folk are worried about. Uh, but what do you think? Since debuting on April 26th, Vlad is 32nd in points and 40th in Roto at third base. Yikes. 0-10. Uh, to 10. For his career, it's a 0. In a dynasty or keeper league, it's a 0. It's a little higher than that for this season. Maybe a 3? Um... Yeah, two. I'm not particularly worried about him. Maybe I'm sitting him until he figures it out, but he's still making pretty good contact. He's hitting the ball hard. His expected stats suggest he should be hitting more like 280 with a 500 slugging percentage. So there's still quite a bit to like here. Something I'd never noticed about him, he always had a really high infield fly ball rate in the minor leagues. Pop-ups. Like 15% or higher. Interesting. I've missed so many. Pop-ups and infield fly balls are different things, Adam. No, they're not. They 100% are. Pop-ups are infield fly balls. That's what pop-ups No, you are. can pop up to the outfield, Adam. Pop up to the shallow outfield. Just say pop-ups. It's not an infield fly ball. How, how many times? To- and I don't know that that's true. Like, pop-ups, I guess, don't have a specific definition. Uh, John- infield fly balls do. John, yeah. John Lester. <laughs> that's true. Damn it. I feel like I might be wrong about this. <laughs> John Lester. Um <laughs> Why? <laughs> because he said infield fly balls do, so I'm giving him credit for that. Finally, first good thing he said today. Except that story I, about the first pitch. That was amazing. Um, okay, John, John Lester on the worryometer. 16 earned runs and 14 innings over his last three starts. 11. Uh, <laughs> I think it kind of just moved him back to where he should have been. A little bit. Maybe there's a little more regression coming. Probably more like a high three ZRA, but not that much. I think he'll still be solid moving forward. Yeah, thanks for the number there, Four. Chris. Okay. Uh, Lester's got a 359 ERA, 13 walks, 50 strikeouts, and 52 and two-thirds. He's got the Car- the Angels and the Cardinals next week in a two-start week. What do you think right now? Would you start him? Yeah. Uh, points only. All right. Okay, so Miguel Cabrera going to the Twitter now. Worryometer on Twitter. Miguel Cabrera, get yeah, ten. Uh, he's uh, done. he's done. I don't know. I, I don't he, believe he's in my top twenty-five first baseman. Yeah, but he's but how high was he coming into the season? Like eighteen. Yeah, so that's that's not that far of a fall. He's hitting three hundred. He's done. He, he has he's no bat- power. He, but... he could give you batting average. He could do that. Yeah, I've I've used him in a roto league. But in terms of you know like he's it's a ten on the worryometer right power wise it's a, a 10. nine on the will Miguel Cabrera look like Miguel Cabrera again yeah here's Dave Richard fantasy football analyst Dave Richard tweeting me Eloy Ooh, Jimenez worry- of the pod yeah worryometer on Eloy six again it's probably I'm probably still at a zero for his career like I said with Vlad but I'm it's been a larger sample of uh, terribleness. Has it been? Because he was on and the IL. They might be pretty close in plate appearances. Um, he's been worse than than Vlad. He's he's largely earned his slow start, but definitely a zero point zero on the worryometer for his career for dynasty for keeper. Uh, maybe a five or a six. He's been exposed a little bit 
in the majors, striking out more than we thought he would. There's still huge upside. It wouldn't shock me if he went on a 290 with 15 home run streak after the All-Star break. But, you know, right now he, he looks a little overmatched. All right. Yeah, I, I'm trying to pull up some stats for context. George Springer had a 4.69 OPS in his first 16 games. This is obviously longer. And then 8.97 in his last 62 games in his rookie year. I'll get Bregman in a second, but let's go to our next guy. It's Jordan Hicks. We're actually getting a lot of this. Worryometer for Jordan Hicks. I believe two of his last three appearances have been bad. I also think the Cardinals have been like ridiculously awful lately, and he just hasn't gotten a lot of save chances. But where are you guys? 0-10 to 10 on Jordan Hicks. Yeah, the problem with Jordan Hicks is like I could be not quite as worried about his overall performance and still be more worried about his job because they do have other guys that could do that job. So he's given up five runs in his last three appearances to go over two and a third. The weird thing is there's only two walks in that stretch, which is what we thought might be the problem for him, and no home runs. So he's probably just been babbipped a little bit. I'll, I'll put him at a four just because... Carlos Martinez is there. Okay. Alex Bregman's first 13 games, he had a 370 OPS. And then he had a 938 OPS in his last 36 games. So people do get off to slow starts. This one pretty extended, I'd say, for Vlad. It's uh, how many games for him? Twenty. That's only 27 games. All right, next That's up. Vlad? What's that? That was Vlad, right? That's Vlad, yeah. I don't know how And Eloy's 30. Okay. Yeah, it's still very early. Trevor Bauer. From Rich, Trevor Bauer on the worryometer. Six. Yeah, six. Cor- uh, I feel good about Bauer. I'm going to say three. Um, I just, uh, he said he felt good. We talked about that on yesterday's podcast. He said he felt better than he has all season pretty much yesterday, but he looks like the guy he was before this season. and Yeah. The- before last season, and that's, that's a big concern to me because you always have to be worried that the breakout doesn't last, that it's just an outlier. And there's like, because he had problems early in his career with walks and was never an elite control guy, but he's back over four walks per nine. The other thing that doesn't look like the last three years is the ground balls. It's down to 36%, which is where he was again early in his career when he just wasn't very good. And I, I think what we talked about in the preseason might have happened he might have just tinkered himself uh a little out of being an elite pitcher but the the nice thing about that is you know he started throwing the change up a little less uh especially in the most recent start and throwing the curveball more and it's it's possible that it just takes a few adjustments and he's back to being the guy we thought he was and the guy he was for like the first six or seven starts of the season all right two more guys that's trevor bauer we're talking about two more Corey seager so let, let, well, hold on. Before you say that, it's might not. It's, it hasn't been the easiest thing to notice, but last thirteen games, Corey Seager's batting two seventy five, three homers, two doubles, four walks, seven strikeouts. That's a four ninety slugging percentage and eight thirty five OPS in his last. Oh yeah, then he games. could be a top twenty shortstop for sure. <laughs> That's a good point. Like he does, he never runs, so he's probably not going to, you know, stand out at short, but. He the power is getting a little better at least in his last thirteen games five extra base hits and a one twenty a two twenty five ISO. I think a lot of it is just that like good Corey Seager is not near as good as it was when he was good Corey Seager and it wasn't that long ago but two thousand sixteen two thousand seventeen it he was a twenty to twenty five homer guy that hit right around three hundred. I mean that would still have a. A lot of value. Like if he did 2016 again, where he hit 308 with 26 homers and 105 runs scored, that's easily still a starting shortstop in this context. That's a question of whether he can be that again. That's not quite Carlos Correa so far this year, right? Um, I don't know what Carlos Correa's batting average is. I don't either. Correa is batting 295 with 11 home runs and 35 RBIs. So. It's a 30, like 32, 33 homer pace, a 547 slugging percentage. We're not going to see that from, from Although uh, that was, Corey Seager. That was pre-juiced ball, the 2016 Corey Seager. So. I think you're hoping for a lot of counting stats, right? Because he's in the Dodgers lineup. So you say nine. Like It's obviously, you guys make good points. You've got to 
reflect on shortstop and how good it is. And He's not going to stand out at the position. I think that's obvious. But I do think that better times are ahead. I think he's still someone worth owning. And I'm not telling you to drop him. I, yeah, I just think... One of the problems is he's a better points league player than a roto league player, and I don't like. I think if he gets back to 2016, he would be a top 10 shortstop in points league. But if he's somewhere between 2016 and 2017, or if he's just 2017, he's probably not. All right, that is Corey Seager. Last guy on the worryometer is Bryce Harper. What do you think, Bryce Harper? I have not looked at the trends lately for his strikeout or contact rates. I know it had gotten to like Joey Gallo-esque levels for a while there. Um, Five on him being a first-round player moving forward? Yeah, six and a half. How about uh, like a dyno? He is striking out a ton. It's five straight games with two or three strikeouts. For Bryce Harper, I think I think at one point he let maybe it may have led uh, baseball in games with multiple strikeouts. Probably still does. <laughs> um, how about in like a dynasty format? Four. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to hit the over thirty home runs and probably drive it a hundred. You know, I would think so, but he's certainly not on pace to. He's got nine homers, so he can't be in- that far off the pace. He'll get there. He's pressing. New contract, he's pressing. Uh, it's just the problem is it's continuing a trend from last year. Yeah, his contact rate over the last 40 games is 67.5%. That's slightly better than Gallo-esque, but not – it's, I would assume, bottom five in the league during that span. That is the worryometer on this worryometer Wednesday. Double dongs from yesterday. Alex Bregman hit two home runs. He's now the number eight hitter in points leagues, number 11 in Roto. So he's been really good, and maybe still some batting average positive regression coming. Batting just 271, he might be more like a 285 hitter based on the last two years. And David Bodie hit two home runs in that same game. Bodie has an 843 OPS, but doesn't really do much for you. Uh, it's only 7% owned. Those are your double dongs on Wednesday. A quick break here. When we come back, are we buying it? Guys like Eric Hosmer, who's not having a bad year. Matt Boyd. Austin Meadows, Tommy LaStella, and Hunter Pence. Why not? Steven Matz had a really good start. Are we buying it? Coming up right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Well, Lucas Giolito was going to headline the Are We Buying It section, but Chris stole him from me earlier in the show. So we're pretty much buying it with him. I've got, uh, let's see, three or four different categories, four different categories for Are We Buying It. One is the young breakouts. It was Giolito, Matt Boyd, Eduardo Escobar, and Austin Meadows. Escobar is a top five third baseman, top six shortstop. Meadows had an IL stint, but he is, he's got like a 1,100 OPS above that. And he's got six steals in 36 games. He's homered in three straight games. Austin Meadows looks like an absolute star. Um, so I know we're more or less buying Giolito. What about Matt Boyd? I think obviously buying him, right? Totally. Okay. Uh, what about Escobar and Austin Meadows? I've been so wrong about Austin Meadows that I I don't want to keep doubling down. I think he's better than I thought he was. I don't know if he's a star, but he's definitely better than I thought he was. Um, you're probably going to get 20 to 25 homers and you know probably 10 to 15 steals out of him. I mean, it's a good player. Okay. What about Escobar? Escobar. Would you rather have Escobar or Corey Seager? Seager. Seager still, yeah. Okay, so I guess that makes Escobar a sell high. Yeah, I would sell high on Escobar. What about on Meadows? Like, why isn't Meadows a star? Yeah, I mean, I, he might good be. Good pedigree. I I would have said a month ago 
he's not a star. Now I would say I, I'm not willing to say for sure he's a star. It's just not a big enough sample yet. But everything he's doing right now sure looks like one. We got an email from Nick. Would you give up Austin Meadows and Sonny Gray for Lorenzo Cain and Aroldis Chapman in a Roto League? Meadows and Gray for Lorenzo Cain and Chapman. Uh, yeah, I would do that. Sure. Would you rather have Meadows or Lorenzo Cain? Cain's going to kind of like a... Cain. I'll why? still take Kane. Like, why? Meadows has had... It's been like 30 games, right? 36. Has it even been that much? Because he missed... 36. 36 games. He was just a guy last year, especially... He had that great first week and then was basically useless after that. Um, and for the most part, his minor league track record in the in the high minors was... Just okay. Like he played 178 games at AAA and had a 768 OPS. So I still need more than 36 games to say I'm going to take him over someone like Lorenzo Cain, who's been a pretty reliable top 20 outfielder for the last few years. And like Cain has a 292 BABIP, which you might not think is unlucky, except we've got like 3,500 plate appearances with him as a 340 BABIP guy. He's still, his batting, batted ball profile is pretty similar to everything except for last year. So. I, I expect he's going, his batting average is 257. That's kind of what's held him down so far. I don't think that will last. Okay. He, he's not going to hit for power, though. I think I don't think Miller Park's going to help Lorenzo Cain at this point, right? I think it helps lefties more, but no, it's not going to help him because he hits like 55% of his balls on the ground. Right. Okay. Um, Same with Christian Yelich. Next, <laughs> next, uh, next category of are we buying it is the been good before category. Eric Hosmer. Hosmer is the number 17 first baseman in points, number 16 in Roto. It's not like he's having an amazing year, but that's a that's a good player. And he's batting now 298 with nine home runs. And six of them have come on the road. Although last year was much better at home. Anyway, uh Eric Hosmer and Cesar Hernandez. Hernandez with a with a career high 179 ISO. His pre- previous career high was 127. This was like a slap hitter who's now got some pop. Uh, and he's batting 303. So, yeah, are you buying what you've seen from Eric Hosmer or Cesar Hernandez? Yes. Um, because, it's an even year. Well, Eric Hosmer is number 17 first baseman. I think I had him ranked around 17 or 18. This is not too far from what I expected. Um, and Hernandez, for the most part over the last three or four years, has been pretty good when he plays. And I, um, I don't have any reason to doubt he'll continue to be. Are you doubting the power, Agreed. though? Yeah, I don't think he's going to continue to be uh, an average power source. But he's on pace for like 18 home runs. I think he could have a, a season where he hit 15 to 20. Well, oh, he hit 15 once, I believe. He hit 15 last year. Uh, he's on pace for 18. It's but I, the believe. ISO is like 30 or 40 points higher. Uh, his ISO is currently 70 points higher than it was. Yeah, um, right. He has a lot more doubles. Yeah, so that that's where I think you you probably see some slowdown. He could. He can definitely hit 15 homers. I just, I, I don't think I would project him for an average or above average ISO moving forward. I think he's, he's probably played a little over his head, but that's sort of beside the point. He's good, and he has he's been. He's not for, that good. He sucks. Oh no, he sucks. What? Cesar Hernandez is crap. This is ridiculous. I hate when you this guys is, do this. No, you no. are no, you are being ridiculous. Listen, he's, he's been player, good for several years. No, he had. First of all, last year he was terrible. Last year he was straight up terrible. So he batted 253 with like a 120 ISO or something, whatever it was. He so, hit a 356 on base percentage and scored 91 runs and stole 19 bases. Yeah, he sucks. So the only <laughs> thing that he does, like he was a decent batting average guy who could steal some bases. At the end of the year, you look at your team, your deep roto team, you say, oh, I got 17 steals and a 290 batting average out of Cesar Hernandez, whatever. You got... No power, nothing. He doesn't excel at anything. He is like the most useless player. Does he's not a league winner. He is only good in deep leagues. Only, only, Adam, only good in deep leagues. Adam, and he's not even that good. Is our, sta- is our standard for stinks or doesn't stink whether that player is likely to win you a league? No. Is that the standard you're setting? Do you do you start more than eleven second basemen in a regular twelve team league? There are plenty of start-worthy second basemen that are not good. And he's one of them. Okay. He's one of the best of them. 
Maybe. Which would almost make him good. I, he's look, pretty good. Here's the bottom. Like, he's not great. Like, I, I just, you're, you're, you're conflating. Yeah, but I was right about Chris terrible Archer. Terrible with like <laughs> worth starting. He's an above average second that. baseman. Okay, here's my basic thing. Like, any player who's his slugging percentage before this year, his last mm-hmm. four seasons, slugging percentage, 348, 393, 421, 362. Any player who we don't expect to slug 400 this day and age has to be amazing at something, usually stolen bases, or he's just not, he's just not a good fantasy player. Like Cesar Hernandez is probably he's a better real-life player than he is fantasy, I should say that. But that's the thing with me. Like his, he, he's so bad at power that he's just not good enough anywhere else. Like uh, That's fine, but like, how do you feel about Jorge Polanco right now? conflicted <laughs> but no i mean like i i think from from when we've discussed him i feel like you you think he's been pretty good yeah, and i think I generally do, yeah. there's a I'll there's a sense the that he's taken a step forward right he hasn't been that much better than cesar hernandez the, the years prior he hit for more power but other than that he he really wasn't that much better he's he's no. a guy who's averaged for his career before this season 162 games 14 home runs. I don't know what There's I'm a not little really more sure power there, but I'm not really sure where we're going with this. Like you're, you're saying that I'm buying you're into dumping one on and Cesar not the Hernandez other. and saying he's useless and he's the worst player in baseball and that he stinks. Right. Well, and but we're buying Jorge Polanco to a, to at least some extent. No, they're, I think that I, I think, I think that, that different players. They're not based on the last couple of years. Um I'd say in the entirety of their career. Just just wait, we're getting ready to talk about Tommy Listella. <laughs> No, you, you, I think you make a good point. I don't think I'm like, I, I don't really know where the Jorge Polanco thing came from. If you're just trying to compare the two, um, Polanco's been a lot better than Cesar Hernandez this year. So that's, you know, probably why we've spoken about it more. Uh, okay, fine. Then we get to the thought they were done category. Now I have a question about this category. Yeah, Tommy Listella does not belong in this category because it seems like these are guys that have been good before. Oh wait, and we thought they weren't going to be good anymore. Tommy LaStella came into the 2019 season with 346 games played, 10 home runs, four stolen bases, and a 264-345-366 slash line. Wait a second. Hold on. Steven Matz okay. definitely does not belong here. That was a mistake. Steven <laughs> Matz should have been in a different category. Uh, well, Steven Matz belongs there. Steven Matz has been Ooh, You have another category weren't on the radar? I think that would be a really good place for Tommy LaStella. <laughs> Because he literally was not on the radar. <laughs> he literally wasn't on the radar? What does that mean? Like there was a radar? Literally. Okay. All right. The fantasy radar. I guess it doesn't matter uh, where they are. Are you buying it with Listella, Alex Gordon, and Hunter Pence? No. Uh, sorry. No on Listella. Them? Oh, okay. uh, last 10 games, he's hitting 310. And I think he could hit 300. Um. I think he could be like an Andrelton Simmons type player for the rest of the season. So in that case, in in that sense, sure, I'm buying that Tommy Lestella is fantasy relevant because I think he'll hit for average and probably not much else, but that's fine. That's useful enough. Would you uh, rather have Tommy Lestella or Cesar Hernandez rest of the season? <laughs> uh, as for Alex Gordon... No, that's a good question. <laughs> I'd obviously much rather have Cesar Hernandez. Obviously. Um, okay. I think they'll probably hit for a similar average, and I think Cesar Hernandez will steal more bases and probably hit for more power. I just don't buy well, he'll definitely steal the more Tommy Lestella power boost. Yeah, he'll definitely steal more bases. And if he's going to hit for more power than Tommy Lestella, that Tommy Lestella is going to be pretty bad. I mean, Tommy Lestella prior to this season was <clears throat> like one of the most futile power-hitting players in baseball. Hey, look, it, look, you're right, but it has happened before. Okay, I mean, it's happened with sure. J.D. Martinez. Jose Bautista completely changed his career. I don't buy it either, but, um, but how about Al? I, I do think that um, Scott White would probably agree with you, Adam. No. I no, don't, Scott White I don't, is, Wait yeah, a second. totally bought in on Wait Tommy Wait a second. I, yeah, I, buy, I buy Tommy Listella a lot less than Scott does. So I just want to say that. But I'm just saying, like, it, it does happen. What about Alex Gordon? What about Hunter, Hunter Pence? I buy Gordon a lot more than I buy Pence. Pence, I think, is... It's a great story, and he did rework his swing, but he this is such an outlier from what he's done the last couple of seasons that it's just, well, I guess that's true of Alex Gordon. <laughs> uh, uh, but Alex Gordon isn't quite as old. 
Um, and there have been like Alex Gordon has remained a pretty good outfielder defensively. So those signs of him like slipping athletically aren't quite as dire as they have been with Hunter Pence. Um, but I don't think either one is going to keep up what they've done so far. No, I mean, the big key with Gordon is he's making good contact and he's cut the strikeout rate down to 14%. I think Gordon's probably going to be a startable outfielder. I'm not as sure about Pence. Um, I buy both more than Tommy Lestella. I will call my shots and say that Alex Gordon is going to be pretty bad going forward and will be. He's 94% owned. That'll be in the 50s in like a month. A month? That's a pretty steep drop. All-Star break. Can somebody try that, to remember this? All-Star break, Alex Gordon, me. 50% owned or less. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. Okay. Uh, Steven Matz, anybody buying this? So I had him on my bench. I was very afraid of him in two starts at the Dodgers and at the Cardinal. Uh, no, the Diamondbacks, uh, that different Arizona team. So Matt's six innings, two runs, three walks, six strikeouts at the Dodgers. And I think Mickey Calloway said it was the best start he had ever seen from Steven Matt's. Curveball and changeup were really good. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so what do we think? He's got a 355 ERA, a strikeout per inning, but a 134 whip. We're, we're going back now half a season with Steven Matz where he's pitched really well. Uh, even including what was the one start this year? Eight, eight runs, no outs, six earned runs, six no earned. outs. Yep. Yeah. His last 17 starts, including that one, he has a three ERA with 97 strikeouts and 90 innings whip um, with the, a 10% swinging strike rate. What's the whip? I can look that up right now. That's a, that's a big number to me. I'm not trying to be like annoying, but he's got a 134 whip this year, Stephen Matz. So that number really jumps out. Like how could how could he have a three mid three ZRA with a 134 whip? That's terrible. Well, and he has a 468 FIP. Yeah, I don't know how much of it was just that one terrible start, but it just it has felt lucky to me. Well, it's been a little bit lucky. Like that one start. He quite literally stranded no one. Uh, I think 10 guys came to the plate. They all came around. Well, eight of them. Eight of them. And he has an 82% strand rate on the year. So that part's been a little bit lucky. But the more, pro- like his Sierra's 413, I, I think he's fine. He has a 385 fit, X FIP over the last 17 starts. It's like a four uh, FIP in that span. So. Look, I, I don't think he's an ace, but I think he's absolutely someone who's worth owning and, and starting. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough for, for Stephen Matz. And then are you buying it with, what was it, Christian Vasquez and Zach Davies? Not Zach Davies. I don't see anything to make me believe that Zach Davies is good. What about he's Vasquez? Bad, and he will be bad in the future, and you should feel bad for thinking that he might be good. <laughs> what about Christian Vasquez? <laughs> Uh, no, I, number two catcher. Sure. Like that there's only like seven good catchers. So he he's, can, he's still behind Jorge Alfaro for me. Yikes. I'm going to have to make a tough decision at some point when Zunino comes off the IL keeping Vasquez or Zunino. But the truth is we should make the easy decision and stop playing in two catcher leagues. We've got a few minutes left. Here's the rotation from yesterday. Give me quick thoughts. Steven Strasburg is the number four starting pitcher in fantasy. He's good. Very, very good. Trade him before he gets Came hurt? Came out of nowhere. What? Would you trade him before he gets hurt? No. I would trade him for a few pitchers that he's ahead of. Sure. I'd trade him for Max Scherzer. Sure. Would, would yeah, you trade if him someone for- wants to give you Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole for Steven Strasburg, fine. You can do that, but... No, I don't think you should be actively looking. Would you rather have Steven Strasburg or Trevor, Trevor Bauer? That's what I was going to ask. Uh, I think I'd rather have Bauer, but I feel it gives me a lot of indigestion. <laughs> yeah, I would take Bauer. Strasburg won season in his last four with more than 150 innings, so I would I would roll the dice. Uh, David Price. David Is David Price an ace? No, certainly not an ace. He's a borderline ace. Not an ace, um, but a borderline ace. Hey, what are you going to do? fastball velocity, I think, was really down yesterday. Was it? Wow. Let me check. Remember, he that. was sick last start, so that could be a factor. Um, he's at the Yankees this weekend. 
Over his last three seasons, David Price has given up 33 earned runs in 31 and a third at the Yankees. I think that is six six starts, maybe seven. You know, like that just makes Chris and I want to start him. What are you gonna do? Nah. He's been so good. I I, I think he's gonna be good. They're not the same Yankees. I think he's gonna be good. I mean, they've been a really good Yankee. They have been. But I'm starting him. Okay. All right, we got to go, guys. Uh, sorry to cut us off a little short. Uh, Tanaka had a bad start, but the strikeouts are back up. That's good. Max Fried, we already talked about. Rich Hill's great. Um, give me your thoughts on Frankie Montas real quick, guys, real quick. Bad start yesterday. I think he's good. It was a bad start, okay. but I think he's very good. And Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez. I don't think he's good. Uh, listen, though, his last seven starts, three times against the Rangers, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Twins. Like, his next two starts will be against the Angels. So Marco Gonzalez basically has had the tough— I, I would bet he's had the toughest schedule in baseball of any pitcher. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did moving forward. Oh, um, well, he's not going to face the Yankees, Red Sox, or Cubs, and probably not the Rangers for a he's while. He's going to face the Astros, Angels, and Rangers a lot. Are the Angels good? He's already faced the Rangers three times his last seven starts. So I, I feel like there's a break coming there. Also, the Astros have no hitters left. Okay, we're out of here. Thank you for listening. Fun show today. Lucas Giolito did not know what time the game started, Heath. And we'll be back tomorrow with some trade talk on Fantasy Baseball Today.